guys, it's Stephanie. We have a special little tidbit for you today. Um, some of you guys might remember H. Allen Scott, who was a guest on our show a little while back. It was episode 89. You can go check it out. And H. Allen, you might remember, was born Mormon, came out, converted, got cancer, the whole the whole nine yards. Um, and, and he's actually the subject of a documentary that's being filmed, which is called Latter-day Jew. And you can find out more at latterdayjew.com. We found out that H. Allen was in Israel, and something that happened to him on the trip was he sort of realized, he sort of became immersed in the LGBT efforts in Israel and what's going on there, and came back and wrote a really, really interesting article for Newsweek about pinkwashing. And we were excited to have the chance to talk to him a little bit about that. H. Allen Scott. I wish I could have been here for that. I, lo- I love H. Allen Scott. We were missing a little, like, Mark oomph, like a little sexual tension was, was gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll have him back. Hello. OMFG. I'm here with Liel and our producer Shira. Hello. We are so excited to be talking to you. I am so excited to be talking to you guys. I will literally talk to you whenever you want to talk. I mean, yeah, including 5.48 in the morning, you freak. You You have proved your promise. It's funny. It's funny. Like, I was thinking this was going to be difficult, but I'm still so jet-lagged on Israeli time that, like, this is my normal wake-up time now. You're just, like, slathering yeah. yourself in hummus at this point. And, and then you're going to go yeah. to the army, do three years, come back. You're going to be fine. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I outdoors. I don't do uniforms. There's no way I'm going to that army. <laughs> so tell us about your trip. And I know you wrote a piece in Newsweek, sort of unrelated, I mean, based on what you yeah. had done. And I would love to sort of hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, the trip was amazing. The trip was so, you know, it was one of the first times as a convert, as someone who before, you know, in my youth, my young sort of adult, I was always sort of aligned with Israel in a way as sort of any liberal progressive person was as, you know, supporting Israel and the right to exist. But this trip really sort of solidified my support for Israel, but also for Israeli people. And, And it made me confident as a Jew in a way that I don't think I've ever been confident before. It was it was incredible. And we toured, I, I went with an organization, a wider bridge, for the first part of the trip, and then we shot also for part of the trip. And we, I talked with LGBT activists in Israel um, and activists in Palestine as well. We went into Ramallah and talked with, you know, women, a chamber of commerce, women leaders, and, and, and different organizations advocating for two-state solutions. And it just was such an eye-opening, amazing experience to be able to get rid of the politics and actually talk to the people on the ground doing the work for peace. All right. So before we get to the to the Chamber of Commerce uh, and and the peace, what's the yeah. most baffling thing? Like the one thing's like I like it here. It's great, but what the fuck is up with like that? Like what is one thing that really kind of bemused yeah. you? Well, I've been calling Israelis out on their rudeness. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I, Good luck I, with that. I, yeah, no, I was pretty successful at it, actually. I think I made some people feel very uncomfortable. Um, but mainly because their reactions to like me having converted and them being very confused as to why anybody would ever do that. <laughs> uh, and so, so that was always a very interesting conversation. But for me, the most baffling sort of experience that I had was there's, like in the United States, especially with this current election, there's this sort of black and white nature to every issue. There's no nuance. There's no gray area. And so everything is you're either for or against this, this or that. It's extreme partisan in a way that uh, I think is very familiar to Americans now. And you see that a lot within 
you know, different factions of Israeli society. But for many of the activists, especially the queer activists that I was talking with, they recognize the nuance because they live in the nuance. Like, they live in that sort of middle area of, you know, disagreeing with the leadership of Israeli politics, specifically Netanyahu, but also wanting to advocate for, frankly, a right to be recognized to exist and to be a part of not only society as an Israeli, but also as a LGBT member of society. Man, you had a, you had a deep trip, yeah. huh? Yeah, this you was not just really... like a birthright thing. So we're going to jump no. into your Newsweek article in a second, but you said it, what do you mean that it made you feel more like more confident as a Jew than you've ever felt? A lot of American Jews show up in Israel and like that they don't walk away feeling confident. Yeah, I, I think because of the length of time I was there, I was there for a little over two and a half weeks and I was, and in those two and a half weeks, I crammed, you know, I jam-packed it with, with just speaking with activists and leaders. And we met with members of the Knesset and like, we, we really sort of, you know, did a deep dive into Israeli politics. And, uh, and I think in doing that, I found my footing and how to at least talk in, in the areas that I know I can talk about. Um, not only sort of my feelings about Israel and what's going on right now, but also, uh, just, I found a connection to Judaism, I think, in a way that I don't think existed before for me. I, I'm one of those people that, like, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a comedian, I need, I need research, and I need sort of a, something to latch onto for me to contextualize something and then talk about it and, and, and make it my own and personalize it in the way that I can personalize it and maybe make it a little funny. And I found that on this trip, I think, because I was able to connect with sort of Israel in a very human way, not in a very sort of like spiritual grand way that many people go. I mean, I met a woman at security who told me she met Jesus while she was in Israel. So I was like, you clearly had a different Israeli experience. And you're like, I where, what club was that? <laughs> well, she turns out, she literally, this is a quote online at security. She screamed Jesus in her hotel lobby and he showed up. And did you know, this is a quote from her. Did you know, even though he's Middle Eastern, he's white. Um, and you're like, bitch, yeah. Jesus wasn't white. Yeah. <laughs> bitch, please. I know. I know. Guys, I have, I have an amazing much. idea here. Yes. I, I know what the next movie is. Should we is. all scream Jesus I, and then and, have him and, on and, as a guest? And see if he comes. I think H. Allen should uh, exercise his right uh, granted him by the law of return, move to Israel, and run for office. I want Prime Minister <laughs> Scott of Israel to solve all the problems. I this should be that. our next production, right? Oh, you guys, Look my at that. history is way too sordid for that. I don't think that would ever work. I, Israel, you're fine. So, H. Allen, uh, you know who's president here, by the way? I'm just, I'm just checking. H. Allen, it yeah, wasn't all you know, positive experiences, obviously. And you wrote a, pe- a great piece for Newsweek about the phenomenon of pinkwashing. Will you sort of explain to us what that is and what your specific response to it was and why you were you know, motivated to write about it? Yeah, I... So, I, of course, I had known a lot about pinkwashing before going into it, especially going with a LGBT organization like the Lighter Bridge, which sort of tries to um, get American, not just Jews, but just American LGBT people uh, to understand Israel in a deeper way. And, and pinkwashing is essentially, many people within the BDS movement believe that uh, Israel is using sort of its its accepted stance on LGBT people, LGBT rights, recognizing marriages, you know, uh, performed elsewhere in the state of Israel, and um, and also their Tel Aviv Gay Pride Parade and their Jerusalem Gay Pride Parade. Those events are being used as a cover to sort of 
pink wash away the human rights violations that are happening within the Palestinian occupation and sort of that's their argument. Um, and my, my response to that on a very fundamental level as a gay person, there is zero way any government could get gay people to all agree on the same thing in order to toe the line, if you will, and go in a certain direction. Let alone gay Jews. I mean, that's a, that's a (laughs) double. Yes. There's no way that gays are ever going to be pawns of the government because, frankly, gay people hate the government. <laughs> in general. Gay people, in general, gay people have been persecuted by the government, even in Israel. Like, I mean, there, it's, this is not like there's a friendly relationship with elected officials. I mean, there are many elected officials, and Israel is, I'm sorry, Israel is sort of a beacon of light in that region for LGBT rights. And, and that's something that should be applauded. And there's arguments that you could make, and even in the United States, gay people for years have had, especially gay Democrats, have had to put up with presidents saying that they support LGBT people while not supporting marriage. And we've had to wink and nod and be like, well, we know you don't want us to have full rights, but you, you're basically with us. And at this point, with this issue, pinkwashing specifically, I feel like gay people on a global way, especially after marriage equality in the United States and all over the country and a lot of, all over the world in a lot of ways, uh, are fed up with being used as political pawns for political argument, basically. I mean, the, LG, the activists that I met with in Israel who are working for LGBT people, especially trans LGBT people, uh, are doing amazing work. And for a movement to come along and to say that these people, the work that they're doing is somehow not valid because they're being used as pawns of the government for a political issue that is a part of what they're, what these activists are working for, but it's also they're working for just to get peace amongst LGBT people in Israel. And it's, it's just, it's so disrespectful. It's homophobic. It's ignorant. And in a lot of ways, I think it's rooted in anti-Semitism. and it, and having spent, you know, that week, that first part of my trip speaking with these people, it, I felt sort of, I had this platform and I felt I had to say something because I felt invested in what they were doing and, and in trying to, you know, create a more inclusive society. Amen. That's amazing. Prime HLN, Minister Scott. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, come on you've now. got my vote. HLN, thank you so much. And our listeners can find more of your stuff at um, on Twitter at HLN Scott and HLNScott.com. And or by yelling HLN Scott yeah, at the hotel here. lobby. Pull up here. Thank you so much. We so appreciate You know, you are like the world's best Jew, just so you know. You guys are the best. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for waking up for us. Back to bed. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm tickled pink that things are rosy. And skies are blue once again. Let the bygone 